a chef. This is what you've been cooking for years, and it works. And either you cook the menu that our customers have come to. You want me to cook the same food? The same exact. The same food that he ripped apart? The same guy who's coming tonight? The restaurant isn't filled with critics. It's filled with people that have been eating your food for the last 10 years. So now suddenly you're going to be an artist. Well, be an artist on your own time. Coming up, we've been creative in our own time to bring you a film and food review of the 2014 film Chef. Welcome everyone to the Film and Food Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Roberts, and thank you again for joining us for episode 6. We've loved having you on the journey, and if this is the first time that you've listened to the Film and Food Podcast, well, we're a brand new podcast and we talk about our favourite film and food movies. We talk and celebrate everything culinary and cinematic in film, we rate a film based on its film and food moments, and we give you film-inspired recipes to try at home. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and go back and listen to our other episodes. Our first episode was a film and food review of Ratatouille. Our second episode was on my top 10 films of 2019. Our third episode was on Julie and Julia, a film and food review. Episode four was on The 100-Foot Journey, a film and food review. And our last episode was a new format, our Quick Bites episode on everything that I've been watching in the past month or so. So make sure you go check all of those out. And now let's talk about this week's episode. I'm so, so excited to share this episode with you this week with a brand new guest that I'll reveal to you later. This week's episode is what we call a film and food review. And let me quickly explain what that means. We review a film for both its culinary and cinematic quality, and we do this in three segments. First, we look at the menu, giving an intro and some initial thoughts. Then it's time to dine. We dive into the meat of the film, if you will, giving our thoughts on the highlights from the movie, our favorite film moments, our favorite food moments, before finally giving our compliments to the chef. This is where we give our concluding thoughts and ratings. But wait, there's more. Every film and food review, we give you a recipe inspired by that film to try at home. And each recipe has been tested and tried by me. And this week, you not only get one recipe to try at home, not two, but four recipes from this film that you can try at home. So this is a really, really special episode and I can't wait for you to listen to it. Now, every film and food review, I have a special guest and I'm really stoked to have a brand new guest on the show so without further ado, let me introduce him. Well, today we have a brand new guest on the Film and Food Podcast. He is a food writer. Form, well, food, For, former, former food writer. Former food writer. I'll take it though. Food lover, film lover, Jonathan Ford. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks, Chris. No worries. <laughs> um, so we just ate like four different things from... The movie Chef. Yep. I've eaten a, a basically half a day's worth of food. Yeah, it's been, so... It's been quite a quite a meal. Yep. So, we'll tell you about those recipes later. Um, but you get your money's worth. I feel like the part... Like, last episode, I made three recipes for one episode. Usually, it, it is one. And I think I will have to contain myself at some point. <laughs> um, for the sake of my 
time and budget. But and, and the kitchen clean afterwards. Yeah, Jono is here in the aftermath of our my tiny kitchen. There, there is parsley on the floor. I'm telling you, there is. Uh, I mean, parsley on the floor is not even the worst thing. <laughs> there is spaghetti in other parts of the, the lounge room. <laughs> you do what you got to do. Um, well, Jono, tell me, tell me about food writing. How'd you get into that? Well, yeah, it's I uh, look. I have to admit, right now, I, I'm not in the business, um, but I was um, very wholeheartedly in the business. Uh, maybe about three years ago, um, I was writing for a few prominent um, food uh, event cultural um, publications in Sydney. Um, I did a bit for SBS, which was cool. Um, some on, some of their online food stuff. Um, and yeah, it was it was a great role. I, I got to interview some of Sydney and Melbourne's best uh, restaurant owners and uh, chefs. Um, and yeah, you know, I got to try some really good food as well. Uh, yeah, nice. Um, what were some of your highlights, or maybe like your best, the best place you went to, or most unique, or something? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, I remember when I worked for SBS I did some um, some yeah some writing um, I my main work was to my main kind of the thing that I was looking for was Sydney and Melbourne's best like ethnic or best uh, migrant food stories um, so people who had migrated to Australia um, at some point in their life but brought their food tradition with them and most of these people started up restaurants uh, so I tried some really really interesting foods it's food that you can only find sometimes in one place in australia um and some of these i mean i remember i i went to a place um in the western suburbs of sydney that was an afghan restaurant and you know the this owner cooked his mother's recipes from a very very particular part of um the afghan capital kabul um like just one small district almost like a few city street blocks and it was really good food um and then hearing the story and his his stories of growing up with that food and um the drinks that he had um but yeah and then other people who have tried to do fusions uh like going down to um melbourne i did one in fitzroy which is a great um tamil uh food um and it was just it was yeah it was kind of combined with uh indian um cuisine uh kind of mainstream indian cuisine but it, it kept these like street food you know ideas uh, or street food experiences you find in uh well i think it's called chennai now um but madras as they called it yeah so good um this is the film and food podcast and i hate this question myself but tell me some of your favorite films or tv shows or yeah look i i am a big international film person um i like i like a film that makes you think as well and so uh you know obviously everyone's been talking about parasite and and everyone's seen it um but i will say that i saw it very early on and i liked it and i recommended it to lots of people but um i do like french film as well uh, and I love I love European film, um, and there's I mean there are so many food experiences in these films, so countless countless films. But I don't know. I think you know what I think. My favorite film, the film that has made me the most 
I don't know, switched on or the most happy or the most interested is probably this film. It's like a, an art house sci-fi film called Primer. Have you ever heard of it? I have heard of it, but I haven't okay. seen it yet. It is a very, very complicated film about time travel. And that's all I'll say oh, because I that's don't... That's all I've heard is yeah. people just being like, I don't get this movie, that's, but it's awesome. That's all I'm going to say because I don't understand it still. And I've seen it, I've seen it three or four times. And I've read all the blogs. And I've read all the explaining, you know, YouTube videos and all that. I've seen them all. Because people get, you know, people watch Inception and they're like, mm. tell me what the meaning is. But this is like, Inception's like a kindy movie oh, yeah. to yeah. Primer. Is that Primer right? Primer is, look, I recommend seeing it and having a mind blown. In fact, I just want to go home and watch it again after this. <laughs> I think I will. <laughs> Try and figure it out. <laughs> So, this is our film and food review of the 2014 film, Chef. Let's look at the menu. Released in 2014, Chef is written and directed by John Favreau, who also stars as the titular Chef Casper. John Favreau was an up-and-coming indie writer-director in the late 90s and early 2000s, before breaking into the mainstream by directing the Iron Man films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here, he returns to his indie roots with a wholesome, heartfelt, and feel-good food movie that is sure to please everyone. The plot is as follows. A head chef quits his restaurant job and buys a food truck in an effort to reclaim his creative promise while piecing back together his estranged family. The film stars John Favreau, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Dustin Hoffman, John Leguizamo, Bobby Cannavale, MJ Anthony, Sofia Vergara, Oliver Platt, Amy Sedaris, and many more members of the cast. So I had a conversation with Jono about why he chose this movie and his initial thoughts and feelings about this movie. Oh, well, we better just move straight into it. Um, so when we first chatted about getting you on the podcast, I was like, oh, what's one of your favorite film and food movies? And you have mentioned more to me since, mm. but the first one you said was Chef. What's your experience with Chef? Well, I remember seeing Chef probably, I think it came out 2014 and I remember seeing it just after it came out. I think someone bought it uh, maybe 2015 and we watched it at home. And I remember when I first saw it, I I don't know what, maybe I was drinking or something, but I remember thinking there wasn't much of a, a story arc. And I remember thinking there's not really a... Uh, there's not a conflict, you know, like every movie has, you know, an awkward conflict that is like the middle or the beginning or the middle of the movie and the rest of the movie just figures itself out or sometimes not. But then that's the entertainment there. But mm. I remember in, in my opinion, you know, and I rewatched this, you know, so we could have a, a more in-depth chat about this. And I remember thinking Chef was just very, uh, it was very wholesome. But I remember thinking that the, the story arc or like the the conflict in the film was just not super pronounced and i remember thinking it was like just a real good feel good time you know it was mm. just what, what do you think did, did you get that yeah yeah so i I'd, I'd heard about chef and to be honest i think like the movie chef is a bit of a meme in mm. some places mm. i don't know why maybe i have to explore that but i'd heard about it um and i know beth had seen it and she was like, it's really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I thought it was, again, like you said, I feel like it was just a really good, wholesome mm. time. 
Really? The amazing yeah. food, obviously. Yeah. We'll talk, and we can talk more about that later. But mm. I think, um, I mean, John Favreau is a director. That's right. And yeah. he did some indies that I mm. haven't seen. But mm. his big first big directing movie was Iron Man. That's right. And which was like that was huge. That was huge. Yeah. Is you know the first movie in the MCU. Got mm. like Robert Downey Jr.'s career back on track. Like, mm. great movie. Mm. Probably one of my favorite in the Marvel universe. Yeah, no, the Iron Mans were, they were good. Mm. Yeah. Iron Man 2 was really good too. I liked yeah. Iron Man 2, but mm. I'm pretty sure that he made this movie. It like, the movie is like a metaphor for where he was at in his career. John Favreau. Mm. Interesting. Because he, like, he made Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 and they were both were more critically divisive mm. than the first Iron Man. Interesting. And so he made... So then this movie is like literally him being like, I'm going to the food truck version of making an indie movie from a huge blockbuster yeah. for a global conglomerate Disney Marvel Cinematic Universe production mm. line type, you know, production. And this was his way of taking a break. And I mean, pretty good way to take a break. Like you literally yeah. get to make a movie about cooking food. Exactly. No, I, I really like that that kind of metaphor. Um, it's so true. You know, he's working for this kind of, you know, very mediocre restaurant run by a guy who doesn't really care about what's on the menu. And not to say that the Marvel Universe is like that, but, you know, sometimes you do feel well, like they're kind of being pushed out on the production line. Well, I do. I reckon, again, you know, I, I genuinely like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not a comic book fan at all, but I had friends who were, and so I would see every movie. Mm. But basically, I'm like, there's probably like five, maybe ten, maybe five that are truly good, great films. Oh, I agree. And then maybe ten that are just mediocre to good, mm. and then a few that are just not that great. Not that good, mm. That's yeah. a pretty... It's hard to do, to make 25 but they amazing bought, movies. I mean, those movies are money machines. They've bought oh, billions of dollars. And I think John... What was the last Marvel film he did? I think it was just recent. Was it, it wasn't one of the Avengers, was it? Um, but he, No, because the Russo brothers did all the Avengers movies. Oh, okay. I don't think he's come... I don't think he's directed since Chef. Really? Cure moment okay. where Chris later puts in whether or not uh, he okay. has directed anything. But interesting, yeah. I think he might have been because he's a character. Yeah, he might have played, but uh, I think maybe. he's more related to Iron Man. Like I don't think he would mm. really show up in an Avengers movie. Maybe I need to fact check that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, wow. Tangent aside, so <laughs> basically, I was like. You know, I respected that, that mm. he just made this cute little indie movie without too many dramas or troubles and made good food and it's feel good. And mm. yeah, I it's it's a very, I felt like it was a very happy movie. But it, if you yeah. think of, if you like and analyze it maybe too much, it might start to fall apart. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, you know, you look at, say, his, I don't look, and I don't want to get in, get down a rabbit hole, but, you know, you look <laughs> at his family, the, the relationship he has with his family, and, you know, from the beginning of the film, 
you know, it's a little bit patchy with his ex-wife and his son, but the food truck just fixes it all, doesn't it? You know, it's. I mean, <laughs> it's true. By the end of it, um, yeah, they're all they're all good. <laughs> yeah, I we could okay, we can go there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess those are our our initial thoughts. Our initial thought is it is a well worth your time. I think. It's a good. It's yeah. a good weekend movie. It really is. It's, like it's, if you uh, have a partner or someone that like is not, because I'm I love thinking movies too. Yeah. And yeah. and Beth, she she's amazing, but she's not always up for thinking movies. <laughs> well, not thinking movies, but movies like that. Just, you, you just you want to a happy. She just wants a good time. Want, you, I'm like, that's yeah. fair enough. You just want a movie. Where but you're I, enjoying I for me, I like. I don't know, maybe this says more of me as my emotions, but I find movies help me process emotionally. Okay. Like, mm. thinking movies, I'm like, oh, that's helping me. Like, it's a good way to get past my head as mm. a man to feel emotions. Yeah. Whereas Beth is like, I feel emotions all the time. I don't need them in a movie. So I'm like, okay. fair enough. All right. No, so I like a thinking movie, but I also just recommend this as a, it's eight o'clock on a Saturday and you've just eaten. Make sure you do eat before you watch this. Oh yeah, and then yeah. you otherwise just watch you have to it. make the cubano and yeah, you know, <laughs> we've we've been there. <laughs> now, well, now that we've set the scene and looked at the menu, we're going to move on to our next segment. It's time to dine. But before we do that, I have to warn you: we're about to go into spoiler territory. Everything we talk about now will be full of spoilers. We're revealing the full plot of the movie. Nothing is off limits. So if you haven't watched Chef. Go and do it. It is a great, feel-good, wholesome movie that you will enjoy. And I can basically recommend to everyone. So go and watch Chef. Or if you've watched Chef before, you're happy to be spoiled. Then beware, we're going to go into spoilers in the next section of the movie. And without further ado, let's go into the review part of this episode. It's time to dine. So, hello. Welcome to the review. Full of spoilers and ready to go. We had a great conversation talking about the 2014 chef it is the first time that i have seen this movie and it is just a really really great excellent film and food movie that is just a beacon of light it's everything that we celebrate in this podcast so sit back and relax Jono and i are going to talk about our highlights our favorite film moments from this movie yep all right well what is there anything about the film side? We'll talk about. We can talk more in depth about food, and we can get into themes however they come up. But mm. anything about like the the film as it's in its in itself that you know stuck out to you? It was a very colorful film, and mm. I, I liked the the road trip they did, and so there were all sorts of little anecdotes and. Um, uh, interesting situations that this guy gets himself into. Um, he gets he goes to New Orleans. He goes all around Florida. Mm. Um, he go. I think he goes. Uh, he was in Georgia at one point. Yeah, where does he go for that? Like the ribs. Oh, that was Texas. So Austin, uh, Texas, Austin, Texas. So that's that, right. That's that right. ribs place. I can't remember what it's called, and that doesn't help because that's actually known as one of the best barbecue ribs in the world or in, in the states therefore the world because that's a that is a you know cuisine specialized in the states nice and apparently the guy the guy i think he has glasses 
you're kind of you know average looking guy who the guy who runs it who runs the place yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was sitting next to them while they were eating the ribs uh watching them eat i don't know if you remember that scene mm. he's he's he really runs it oh that's him that's cool that's him he was in the movie and also his business partner was the guy in the shop who's like yeah he's out the back he's out the back that's pretty cool that is a cool cameo yeah, yeah. i do feel like we'll talk more about the actors later but mm. i reckon like how cool is it he can just call up all these great places and be like i'm coming around i'm coming around yeah let's yeah. film um yeah. no i did i do like um i think yeah it is a very colorful mm. very colorful i mean every yeah and the the soundtrack Mm, mm. That was one of the things Beth was like I, li- I downloaded this soundtrack When I first watched it And I used to play it While I worked and It's like, very true It it's, does Like yeah. It doesn't have a As far as I'm aware It doesn't have a A score Like a musical score No that you can download All goes, these songs from Spotify mm, Yeah It goes along So That I think they Like That helps Because you're going Like all these different parts Of the road trip mm. Have different songs I feel like they all really like kind of hit the theme or the, the well, there was a definite mood of the Spanish moment. Spanish theme in there. I don't know if you noticed, like a Latin, yeah, you know, yeah, the, Cuban kind of colorful guitars vibe. and yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah, that was good. Um, but it was definitely a, a very vibrant film. So the music, the colors, mm. the the kind of the language that was used as well. It was all very informal and very um, non yeah, non serious. Yeah. It was pretty like back and forth, like. Mm. quick quick sort of screenplay I would almost guess I would almost say that a lot of it was improvised because a lot of them were looked like they were real reactions yeah especially from Favreau 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 his unpronounceable last name (laughs) Uh, he was he sometimes acted quite awkwardly which led me to believe that he's either an incredible actor or he was being himself in the film well because I looked him up on IMDB he has like 40 acting credits and like 12 writing and make mm. 10 directing so and i mean he acted in the iron man movies as like one of the personal assistants or something pretty sure he's in them oh, as a surprised. character there you go yeah anyway but yeah i thought like he was good like i think at the beginning like he's like trying to be really like not prideful but mm. trying to be a butt like trying to be he's really trying arrogant to and trying to be like yeah. i don't care about anyone i don't really listen like you know obviously he's that, like he's pretty stubborn guy at the beginning like he thinks he's still great he's trying to run his restaurant like mm. doesn't really listen to his wife doesn't really listen to his kid well he thinks he knows best like he's you know he's hailed as one of the best chefs of his time and you know in the city and you know everyone knows who he is he's a bit mm. of a celebrity and you know he's you know, he's he's kind of butting heads with this um with his boss. He's the, the mm. manager. Of the Dustin restaurant. Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. The, who the Hoffman. A, yeah, um, Rain Man, right? Rain Man. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's pretty um, like you know. I thought like I wasn't that imp- like. I mean, he's got like five lines in. It was the a movie, pretty average role, but it was. Definitely. He didn't. He didn't really feel like he tried that hard, to be honest. Maybe, maybe it was a last minute ring in. It's like. Dustin, we need we need someone to uh, be a restaurant manager. Can you do five lines? I mean, for but us? I don't judge I don't judge any Hollywood actor that goes into a movie for the money. I'm like, no. they're gonna earn money. But it was a fun movie to be part of. You know, it's it like you know, we've got Scarlett gets, Johansson, and he gets to yell others. at yeah. John Favreau the whole time. So that's yeah, pretty good. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure sure he would have loved that. Um, and speaking of yelling, 
Oh, the the Twitter scene. The no, no, the the critic scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. Yeah, always double check what you post on Twitter. You know, I, I'm not a Twitter user myself, but I do use in social me- social media and Instagram and Facebook, um, and I always double check things before I post them. I do think, like, I was, I did think today. Did they get like a Twitter, Twitter money from this movie? It looked like some very because, like, obvious product when, placement. When when <laughs> you know, so I think there's a scene where. John Favreau makes this amazing toasted sandwich for his son. And then the son says, hey, daddy, you on Twitter. And then, like, you know, they talk about it and they get him set up and whatever. It's like a five-minute scene and it Mm. ends with, like, him literally, the son, literally describing to his dad how to create a Twitter account. And I was like... Yeah. I felt like I was taken through that personally. I know. and then I felt yeah, like, like I was creating a Twitter account. And, you go, and then he, through the road trip, he's taking photos and putting it on yeah. Twitter. And I was like, man. Good market. I do have Twitter. It's mostly to stay in touch with movie news from America <laughs> and to distribute my podcast. And you know what? I have to admit that social media, like if you get sucked in enough, like the, there is a temptation to just spew your views and opinions and like, you know, if you re- if someone says something really stupid or like really angry or mean or you you know you just feel like flinging out a tweet, but you just got to tell yourself, no, mm. give yourself five minutes, wait till the anger subsides, and then you go, did I really need to send that? Do I need to send that? Yeah, just wait a few minutes. Uh, no, I totally get that, but you know he was, you know he was a bit late to the, the Twitter party it seems, and uh, you know had no real clue what it was about and. That's fine, you know. He's an, he's an older guy. Didn't didn't wasn't looking for social media. Um, was he a boomer? Possibly, but <laughs> you know, would we have called him a boomer back in twenty fourteen? Probably maybe, not. Maybe, actually, maybe not. Um, but you know, that's it's twenty twenty six years later. <laughs> but no, um, the so I just want to say, as someone who has done some restaurant cr- critiquing before, yes, I actually um, wanted to get your opinion on this. So yeah. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't like now. Remind me, what, what's the critic's name again? He had a very odd name. I can't remember. Yeah, I thought the actor was really good. Um, I will actor. look it up. I've yeah, I've done restaurant critiquing uh, a few times, and I've given like star ratings, so ratings out of five stars. And I'd never. I don't think I've ever given a restaurant five stars because I almost feel like that's a, a massive statement. You know, you're saying this mm. restaurant is perfect and I have my name on that, you know, and, and if I send my friends there and they have a bad time, but I say it's five stars or if anyone reads that, then I'm letting them down. So I could give them a glowing review and give them four stars and then everything, all is fine, you know. Right. And if you give someone four stars and it's a glowing review mm. and so someone goes along and they're almost expecting the ultimate human weakness not weakness but like the flaws that just happen every single night Mm. like you know the mistakes that any restaurant will make like maybe they're slightly slow or busy with their service or like a dish isn't just right Mm. like they still have a good time but they haven't expected perfection Mm. and so they're like still happy yeah that's sort of the is that sort of well yeah i mean Restaurants, it's, it's hard to know when a restaurant's going to be busy or not. Some nights are over busy. Some nights are very quiet. So that's, I mean, that's an example. I mean, like, you know, every night is different in a restaurant. 
um, you can more or less predict what it's going to be like. But if I go in as a critic on a really quiet night and everything's immaculate and they know that I'm going to be there and they give me the best service possible, you know, I could give them five stars. But then if you, if I look around, if I go walk by another day and I can see they're understaffed or they're, you know, maybe uh, it's, maybe, maybe it's quiet and all the staff are chatting in the back, you know, like it's, yeah, you yeah. get, you, then you can see what the restaurant is really like and mm. now but that's not to say that restaurants are inherently bad you know like some restaurants are mm. just amazing and some restaurants get those five star reviews because they just make one thing really well like say the cubano sandwiches right you know like there are places around sydney that do sort of signature meals um, or desserts and people come from far and wide just to see that one dessert um so it's so you, and they're the places that get the five star reviews right you know? um so it's it's different from restaurant to restaurant. Mm. Yeah. Would you ever give a five star review? Well, I think if I my mind was truly blown, I think I would probably give a five star review. If I was happy to recommend that to anyone who, if I, anyone had walked past in the street or any of my friends and family, you know, I would give them a five star review and say, "This is the best restaurant I've been to." Wow. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so, right. So then, I mean, so John, I thought John Favreau's explosion mm. where he says, I'm not needy and I'm not cloying and says, this cake is molten about the lava cake um, yeah. and, and goes on this huge tirade. thought he was good there. But then I'm like, yeah, you know, so they sort of like, spo- you know, spoiler alert, they make up in the end. Yeah. And the critic ends up funding with the money that he gets from his sale of his website. He ends up sponsoring the food truck to be an actual restaurant. Mm. Um, like, yeah, what? Do you, what's your read on that? Do you think he was too harsh? Um, or do you think he was fair enough? I think he was fair enough. So I think a, critic's, a critic is a journalist, basically. You know, they're, they're writing news about a particular event or place or person and their job is to even though it's an opinion their job is to provide in their own words what what the truth is what they think the truth is about that place um so it is is an opinion but they that's why they describe so articulately what the food what that you know so you know you see the critic come in and he he he's kind of not satisfied the first time he comes in, you know, he's, he's had sort of the same menu. It sounds like, um, John Favreau's character is kind of, you know, going retreat, retreating a bit, you know, going downhill. He's kind of found a safe, safe spot, you know? Um, and so the, the critic's job is to call that out, you know, is to be, is to keep the chef, one of the best chefs in Miami, I believe, uh, on his feet, you know, like mm. we don't want we don't have to decline. He's got skills, you know. So like a critic is almost like accountability for chefs, basically, because right when the critic comes in, you know, that's why they do it secretly, because it's like a, a mystery shopper, you know. When when the critic comes in, they they want to get the restaurant in their sort of natural environment, um, and obviously you can be recognised. Um, uh, thankfully, I wasn't ever popular enough to be recognized by these places yeah, but yeah. you know i can only imagine when um some of the the biggest critics in sydney go into a place you know everyone's like oh he's here like make it really good you know <laughs> um so yeah but it's about keeping the chefs the, the top chefs in the city accountable and the top restaurants accountable you know to, to perform their best yeah because i mean that is like sort of one of the themes 
Like if this is mm. a bit of a metaphor, like I think Iron Man two particularly, and I think three were pretty panned like critically. Like mm. I think the second one was sort of mediocre reviews, and then three was pretty divisive. Like, mm. and so I think. It sounds like John Favreau is almost exercising some of his own personal thoughts about being criticised. Mm. You know, because he says like, "All you do is eat and vomit out these words," and yeah. and you know, I guess the same could be said for like movie reviewers, for example, or yeah. like film critics, right? Yeah. So, who you know, you've got famous ones like obviously there's Roger Ebert and there's. Um, the late Roger Ebert and a whole bunch of others and mm. there's a plethora of critics and it is a massive part of the film industry mm. because your like strategy for a movie release is to make your movie, get it picked up or sold by you know, a studio and have them release it at a festival, whether mm. that's like an indie at Sundance or at Venice or at Telluride or at TIFF or... Um, mm. whatever festival it is or maybe you skip the festivals and go straight into theatres yeah, or maybe you're yeah. on Netflix or whatever it is but the reviews when those reviews drop mm. then that's the, a make or break it is yeah. the, the buzz like for rev, you know the buzz for movies lives and dies on those reviews mm. so all the critics that go to those film festivals you know maybe all of them are buzzing about this movie suddenly you know they're releasing a trailer in two months time this is going global now and they know that they're going to make money at the box office because the reviews of, you know, for me as a film watcher, like if you're getting a Metacritic score over 80, mm. um, I'm going to watch your movie basically. Mm, yeah. Like no matter, pretty much no matter what it is about, like I know for me that's a big sell. That's, that's good, yeah. You know. That means I'll probably have a good time in that well movie. basically yeah. and like you know I'll watch other things but it's a some you know you can't watch every movie you can't no. go to every restaurant mm. like you're kind of trusting you know and you are sort of you told to go and find reviewers who not sort of you know do diverse people so you know that you're going to get different opinions but yeah yeah you ultimately want to make up your own mind but what do you I guess what do you think about that whole well, a critic doesn't really create. They're not putting themselves out there. They're not risking anything by writing stuff down or writing about a movie. You know, these people have had thousands of people working for hours and hours and hours, mm. all in a team to create a piece of art that, you know, could go out to the world and is critically trashed. Or same thing, like this mm. restaurant, you know, John Favreau and his team work from, you know, 8 a.m. in the morning till 11 o'clock at night. Mm. to prepare all the food and go to the markets and cook it all and then mm. just to be told that he's fat now because he's been eating all the food he doesn't eat. Yeah. I did I you know what personally I did think he 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 kind of I think he crosses the line when he does a fat <laughs> joke. I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm just saying yeah I'm like you I, that's personal. just my opinion. Like, I, you don't bring someone else's looks into it. It's we're talking about the food here. The food, yeah. Anyway, but what do you think? Well, look, yeah. The, I mean, the personal remarks—that's sort of the icing on the cake for the, you know, that. That's the sort of thing where that would make you feel very bad about yourself. Um, maybe that's what the the uh, critic wanted wanted for Rose's character to feel. You know, like, all right, something's got to be done. You know, I can't keep living this life of mediocrity. Um, but it's true. I think um, critics can easily just sit back 
uh, write a, write something, post it, and thousands of people will agree or a few will disagree. Um, but in the end, you know, I mean, the people who are reading these reviews don't know any better. They may not have been to the restaurant, so they're all basically sheep. And so, you know, so they, they'll have this opinion of the restaurant as underperforming or, you know, if that's what the critic's saying, underperforming, or if it's the critic is raving about it, you know, great, that's good. And everyone's going to start lining up. Um, and I think that the critic, even though, you know, it may only take him an hour to write that, you know, an hour in the restaurant, an hour of writing, and that's it, you know, um, that's kind of, I guess that's just sort of what the job is, you know, mm. and I think... Um, not to be, not to defend the critic too much, but you know that critic has spent his career testing and trying food, and is a good barometer, like mm. a good sort of is able to judge whether um, the what the sort of the atmosphere of the food scene is at the time, and can say, well, this restaurant's sinking to the ground. You know, if you isolated that restaurant by itself and was not able to compare it to anything. You know, it might be a really good restaurant, but if every single restaurant on the street is performing better than that restaurant, you know, I think you need to, it, it, the manager needs to know that and the people need to know that. Don't, mm. don't waste your time here. Um, but I think a side note, actually, I, I used to work for um, a culture magazine called Broadsheet and it's one of the biggest in Melbourne and Sydney and it was really fun. Um, but the, the, the one cool thing about it was that it had this, uh, a lot of people talk about, so the broadsheet effect. So you'd, you'd cover a place in Sydney, a cafe or something. And, um, and then the next week there'd just be people lining out the door because they read about it in this trendy paper. Oh, then it must be good, you know, because in broadsheet, we didn't actually give star ratings. Okay. We actually just announced that it was happening, but the sheer fact that it was in broadsheet meant that it was cool mm. or like there was something worth visiting. Um, and I remember actually I wrote a, an article for SBS on a, a very small dumpling place that opened up in Newtown, which I love and I still go to to this day. Um, and very, you know, it's not shiny. It's not sort of a, uh, you know, a swanky place, but it's, it's serves really good food. And I wrote an article about it. It went viral. I think it was posted on um, the Vice news wow. website. And cool. That's awesome. It was seen by about a million people. Um, and they couldn't handle... Um, the, the, the owner actually um, set, kind of was cautious about it because she knew that she may not be able to handle the amount of customers that came in um, and, and that probably was true and I think actually it was for the better because you know they've had continuous streams of customers ever since this is three years ago they're still doing so well um, but you know there's a bit of caution there it's like are we going to be able to handle this many customers mm. you know, and, and I went in a few weeks later to, to say hi and see how everything was going and they were just so busy like takeaway orders flying out the door, there were lines in the street, you know, people were, you know, like had all these plates on the table. It was just, it was packed. It was really interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. So I, I guess, you know, if no one's going to write about food and like, are you going to write about things all the time? Like it is, I guess, journalism. Mm. I, it, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. And I guess you do as a critic, you know, which is, kind of what we're doing on this podcast which is what mm. we are doing mm. but you, I guess you have a responsibility too like because a chef the chef is being held accountable by the critic and the critics you know saying come on pick up your game keep innovating keep creating the food you want to create don't just rest on your laurels you know keep mm. trying and and trying to do new things and you know breaking new ground whereas like a critic is like 
I guess the audience almost needs to hold them accountable. Uh, who holds a critic accountable? Well, that's true. I mean, I don't think anyone. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I think, well, they... I think they're... You know, obviously they work for a... Well, look, a lot of critics these days work for the newspaper, work for a, a large media company. And so, you know, if a journalist, if anyone steps out of line, then they might see their job go. Mm. But I think in this case... This is, it's obviously a fictional thing and it's not often that there's a, a critic who has his own website that people will yeah, go okay. to. Possibly, like, they might tweet or Instagram, um, but uh, it's usually quite a, quite level. It's, it's nothing... I, there are not many critics out there with their own sort of independent company. Mm. So this guy, this critic in the film, he's... Is a bit of an anomaly, you know. It's it's, it's very fictional, um, so I think right. It'd be very rare. Like you'd have to be rare. a very high profile, very high profile. chef such a restaurant to get a critic with one hundred forty thousand Twitter followers. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. especially okay. in two thousand fourteen. Yeah, but I think the the people who are following him are the what's keeping him accountable in some way, but can work both ways, you know, like. He just he could post up some sort of edgy material and get more followers, mm. and maybe that's what he was trying to do, you know, in this fictional world. Do you have to love what you're doing to be a critic? I think so. Like if Probably. you yeah. if you don't like like right if you critic <laughs> if you critic you're a critic a food critic or a film critic, mm. and you don't love films or you don't love food. Mm. To me, I'm like I don't know. I feel like you have to be pretty honest and earnest. Like it's hard to do, but if you just like chef, you know, Chef Casper, he um, had lost his sort of love. He lost his love for mm. for you know just his pure joy of cooking. I guess if you lose your joy for movies mm. and you're just looking at things like you know, the movie I think about this is the first movie we ever did on this podcast, which is Ratatouille. Oh, yeah. It's Anton Ego, you know, the, the villain, the villain, Anton Ego. Yeah. He thinks he's the final word. He thinks he knows everything. Mm. He's not easily impressed. Like, that's his natural attitude. Yeah. And it takes this dish from his childhood to bring him back. Oh, you know what? That's one of my favorite um, food moments it's in so any good. film. <laughs> it's amazing. He, and he is a... He's a very great stereotype of a critic. He is. Yeah. He is. And I think that's. I think it has. I do think that movie has a really nice balance of mm. like redeeming him at the end with his nice little review that he writes, which is you know saying a critic risks something when he finds something new, which mm. I think that's what I really like about your articles. Is like you're trying to find the, you know, because mm. like for me, I like you know I watch more movies than probably 80% of the population. Like, I've heard this, yeah. Well, like, I think the stats are like, uh, you know, a good large majority of the population watches like five movies a year at the theatre. Mm. Like, it's not many. No, it's not many Whereas I average, you know, I probably average 30 to 40. At the theatre? Not at the theatre, but just like from a film year, like I do go pretty hard, especially around award season. But, um, okay. you know, and I have like even my family, they'll just be like, I've never heard of that movie and I'm going to go watch it now because of your mm. thing I'm like to me that's if I can share something with someone that's a cool thing yeah absolutely yeah and I, th I think it's true I think um, critics are people who have had experience in the food industry and they know what they're talking about and because 
um, they've decided to go down that path, it probably means that they're quite passionate about it. Um, even if they might seem a little stuck up or snobby, mm. you know, they're, uh, they are passionate about what they do. Now, I think the snobbiness is a bit of a Hollywood you know, trope. A trope. Yeah, okay. I don't. I think the people that I've worked with, and particularly me as well. Look, I um, I mean, I was doing this as a uni student, believe it or not. But mm. I, I had, you know, almost a decade in the food industry. Um, and so for for me, like it was there was also there was that knowledge, but there was also just like yeah, passion for food. I think. Um, and I just loved. I was. I was. I'm not a snobby person. I don't think. Um, and because of that I went in and just was pretty excited to try some food and like talk to the people who made it you know yeah and I think that's what most critics are like yeah yeah I that is true I think there's a yeah yep <laughs> yeah. I don't think I have anything else to add to that um yeah, <laughs> yeah like the performances are fine I guess mm, I don't mm. know if I, I liked I think the 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 child in the movie he let was me, a, he was a good let actor. me get let me get his name up because he we deserve to name him name. yeah um so i think he actually started his career with this one or this is one yeah of his, his, his name films. is um mj anthony oh, and yeah. he plays uh he plays percy um mm. john favreau chef casper's son um i thought he was really like i think a lot of child performances mm you know the direct it's hard like i mean it's hard to direct a child obviously yeah i mean there are some really 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 good child performances um i mean like, there are, yeah like the 90s you know, had yeah so many, and there's you know, some recently cult, like yeah. um brooklyn prince in the florida project was amazing oh i haven't seen that one that's a good movie um okay. and jacob tremblay in room amazing oh, yeah okay yeah anyway so I don't know if he they're on that level. Um, he's on that level in this movie, but he's really he's not overdoing it. He just seems he like seems... a pretty chilled out like yeah like he just seems like a frankly I work with kids like yeah I yeah. see a lot of kids. He just seems like a pretty chilled out like what a twelve year old boy would be. He'd be on he his seemed, phone on YouTube like on a... Twitter, but like yeah he has a cool relationship with his dad. Like I think he just wants to hang out with his dad. It's nice to see him sort of progress and learn the ropes and i don't think it like sometimes child performances fall into like melodrama and a mm. bit too much mm. i never feel like it's over the top i think it's just right i think he's probably my favorite it, mm. i mean you have scar you have you, all of your avengers you have yeah. scarlet <laughs> yeah. you have robert downey jr who is great he's really funny he was quite funny in that he's film, funny yeah. he's just sort of very strange um overconfident yeah he was, I think he was he's a basically like just playing style. a fictionalized version of himself um <laughs> yeah, yeah. and yeah i mean it's colorful i don't know like i mean this is nitpicking now but i don't know if the cinematography really did much for me like it was fine it's serviceable it's it just like it wasn't it just kept, Wes Anderson, it just no. keeps the movie going and look i didn't really expect anything too amazing mm. um I, I don't know if John Favreau, like if blocking and, and, and composition is really his strength. Like, because mm. a lot of the times it's, oh, we've got a character on the phone. Let's have him on the phone and then a shot of John Favreau talking on his phone and then a shot back. And then, I mean, it's hard on a phone, it's hard, but there's a couple of dialogue scenes where you're not, a, you, you, sometimes you might have them in the same shot or an over to the shoulder shot, but mm. it's just like, one person talking. Now back to this person talking. Now it was very simple. No, it was very it's simple. simple. Yeah. It was fine. 
Um, I think the pacing's good. It's like nearly two hours. I don't mm. feel like it drags. I feel no. like if you, you, you are, are ex- engaged, yeah, if you're you expecting engaged. like a major plot twist or any sort of drama in the last hour, you might think that's going too long. But if you're like, mm. you just got to go into the road. When it hits the road trip, you're basically like, it's just good times from here. Like you just got to enjoy it. I feel mm. like mm. Yeah, it's a very, it's a feel good film, and I feel like there's nothing too shocking or. There's nothing. There's no plot twist really. No. So you're, you're there. I think we said before. You're there for a good time. You know, it's just, it's a very easy movie to, to watch. Yeah, um, it, it it goes down well. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's funny. Like you, um, obviously you have like mm. Sofia Vergara, who is John Favreau's ex-wife. Yeah, and and she's quite funny. Just anything she does, she is funny. And yeah. I do, I do think she she's good. Like I feel like that dynamic sort of surprised me because she seems very supportive mm. of John uh, Favreau's character and I think maybe almost Chef Casper himself is the one from my understanding you don't really explain it but it sounds like he is the one who probably was the instigator of that breakup sound, mm. you know because obviously Sofia Vergara is responsible for introducing him to her ex-wife, uh, her ex-husband, yeah. to get the sh- everything going, and mm. then yeah, and then they married at the end, because um, you know they're right. on the road trip, and then he, he comes home, and then he finds out that he has the chef, and it's like final scene, great, yeah. they're married, yeah. and you're like, okay, I All sort right. of saw it coming, but yeah, yeah. we we forgot about her for an hour. Anyway. That is funny. I think as a um, another Hollywood trope for having like an ex-partner is that they're very unpalatable characters you know yeah. they're very they're very dodgy or rude or horrible people but i think there's really nothing their, their relationship even though they've they're not married is very amicable oh, i do and, think so you know it is rare i feel yeah, like it doesn't happen much because i'm yeah. like even like the the things around like custody of their kid right mm. i feel like even you know there is the scene where like he's she's like you you're an hour late like say sorry like there's some moments where he's still a terrible dad. Um, but I feel like it doesn't really blow up into any crazy over-the-top sort of shenanigan fight that might be a bit cliche. I don't mm. know. I thought it was pretty mm. fine. Um, mm. What about the um, the supporting chefs? Oh, I love them. Yeah. and Okay, I will say it. So I have spent some time working in hospitality and the... Uh, the, the sort of stress of working in a kitchen is depicted quite well, I thought, in the, the sort of the early scenes of the movie when yeah. they're in the restaurant and where it's very... It's just everything's flying everywhere. And I remember there where um, Chef Caspar leaves in a, in a huff, you know. That's you, right. And then you just see the dockets flying out of the machine. I was like, I was getting sort of war flash. <laughs> like, because that has happened to me before so working in bars and in yeah, kitchens. Yeah. And it is... This is real stuff, you know. This is... It is stressful working in a kitchen. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I do think, like, it does look, you know, it's not oversold. Like, you have the nice little opening scene, mm. which is a cool little montage of him cooking. But even still, he looks stressed. Yeah. Like, he looks the like sweaty, he's cooking, you know, he's tired. trying to drink water and, like, chop really fast. And mm. you're like, he knows what he's doing. But, you know, that's, it is, a, it is it. like, I. it would be hard. Like, I've thought about being, well, thought about, I'm like, imagine being a chef and I think about it and like, it's tough, man. Yeah. Like, you think other people have bad hours, but yeah. imagine yeah. finishing when everybody is cleaned up at 11 o'clock at night and going to bed and literally waking up 
and bef- you know mm-hmm. you it's not like you've got hours in lieu now like you're back up at yeah. there at 9 a.m to get everything prepped and go to the market like it's a mm. but i do think like the nice little the boy band with like bobby cannavale and john leguizamo yeah. were, were great i love his character yeah yeah they like there's great support yeah. good banter mm. like they all really like support him which is nice yeah um and i mean john leguizamo's like follows him and goes with the the truck the food truck mm. and so i think they 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 play off nice i do think honestly i think probably the worst like why is scarlett johansson in this movie that was a i mean for me it felt like a cameo but she appeared a little bit too much for it to be a cameo right and i, I, I think um yeah, it's true you know she, it was it was and one thing you notice is that in the movie there's not many women there's um the yeah. now you have to remind me what is uh the ex-wife's name sophia vergara but what's her character name Oh, um, that doesn't really come up. No, um, it's um, it's so Inez. So Sophia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson are the two, basically the only two women that appear in the movie. So in a way, it's kind of interesting that you know Scarlett's there. It's almost like you know just kind of adding a little bit more women in the movie, but. Is she really adding that much value? Well, I'm not I sure. mean, she was the host, okay. you know, like I, the look, restaurant I, host. I did think this, and look, John Favreau is probably really good friends with Scarlett Johansson. Probably, yeah. But so, if, look, we have to call a spade a spade. Yeah. Sophia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson are Hollywood A-list actors, and they're pretty by like they're pretty attractive women. Yeah, That's yeah. what we'll say. Yeah. And for John to write this screenplay where his ex-wife <laughs> is Sophia Vergara and his yeah. current like girlfriend is Scarlett Johansson. He's got some explaining to do. That's pretty. I mean, <laughs> anyway, that is. Yeah. I found that funny, and I do think like, what is she there for? Like, I guess she's the one. Like, she's there, and she works at the restaurant, and I guess it, it is the symbolic where she's just basically like, I know what, like, mm. I know what's up. Like, you're hiding all of this. Like, we're not really meant to be together. Mm. I don't know. It wasn't. It didn't really do too much for me, but. Yeah, it was a bit I mean, of... Uh, and she kind of wasn't mentioned any... Yeah, she, she does yeah. disappear. Yeah, she disappears. She 100% like... She's like, cool, you should, you know, deal with your problems. And he's like, cool, okay, bye. Yeah. And then she never comes back. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. And finally, we get to talking about our favorite food moments. And boy, oh boy, is this movie full of great food. So enjoy the mouth-watering discussion of the great food in this movie let's move on favorite and this you know this should be easy but favorite food favorite food moments favorite food moments okay well i will say the scene with scarlett johansson and the home cooking you know the kind of the seductive twirling of the fork around the spaghetti that was um that was definitely a film highlight and it was that was a good you're just like what is going on here (laughs) like yeah yeah um and then you you sort of like wait this guy's a chef he cooks all day long and he's going home and he's cooking more like that doesn't make sense (laughs) that is funny like the two there are two scenes at the beginning of the movie when he first gets the review Mm. and he cooks for scarlet and then when he does his huge uh, when he um, when he gets into the fight with Dustin Hoffman again and mm. like leaves the restaurant, when he the critic is there for the second time and he goes and makes more food, mm. it is crazy. You do think like 
you know, both times you're like, man, does this guy have a huge, like his apartment didn't look that big. Like, does this guy have like octopus or squid (laughs) in his fridge? Or is he like, how's he ducked in the markets? I don't like, anyway, not not that I'm mad. Like the food scenes are amazing. I'm not really, it is nitpicking, but I was like, how does that timeline work? Yeah. But he goes home and just makes like, eight dishes and you're like okay <laughs> cool yeah look that is, and that is no easy task you know this guy's he, <laughs> as he you've as you've seen first hand with yeah. me trying to make four dishes and my kitchen is a bomb there is yeah no there is still food out there and lots of jars i look it would have taken him hours to do all that in reality and you know he's dedicated to his job obviously like he wants to make he wants to make this sort of new and improved menu which i thought looked really nice really cool um but Dustin Hoffman didn't like it. No. Nah. So, but I I actually really like the reaction of the critic when he has the he gets presented the chocolate um, lava cake for like the second time yeah, and he's yeah, just yeah, looking yeah. around like, does anyone see this? <laughs> That's so good. No, and he like takes a photo of it. Yeah. That's funny. No, I think like this movie, I we've watched we've watched so many movies on the podcast already, mm. and this may be the best food just photographed food i've seen oh, it's so go. good um all of those scenes are great what am i trying to think of um i mean the, oh the donuts oh what are they called oh the were they from the market no ah, uh, no. they're from new orleans what are they called oh um good question um but i know what you mean they people travel across the continent for that um I, I've personally never been to New Orleans. Um, I've been to a lot of... I've seen a lot of the States. Um, but I really regret not going down to Louisiana. Mm, they're um, called um, beignets or beignets. Uh, wait, let's, I, let's, am I pronouncing that. that right? Beignets? Be- I think he oh, says yeah, beignets. 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 Beignet. They look so good. Word. Like there's a... Because he puts them in the fryer and takes them up. And, right. Sort of deep fried. He finally... His son finally gets to go to new orleans those looked amazing mm. yeah no, that, that did look good that did look good uh, i think um i think you've got to admit that the um the cubans you know when they're first sort of dishing them out and putting them in the bag like they just look so good you know slathering the butter on it and, yeah um, when they first make the sandwiches yeah oh yeah. man yeah the um, montages are so good like you don't yeah. often like i think we've discussed this on the podcast already but like to shoot a movie with real food is an mm. expensive thing to do because of food standards and stuff. Like, mm. I'm pretty sure you... I don't know. I'm Maybe I have to interview someone about this, but maybe, like, you, you probably throw out a whole bunch of that food. Like, you're creating mm. it, but you're not serving it at a restaurant. You're not eating it, per se. Mm. Like, it's a big production. So, you don't often get, like, proper montages from A to B of yeah. like the full process like no, you may you get don't. the dish it's, on the table i think and i actually really like that it was, it was captivating you know yeah. watching them and when he's explaining to his son how to make it that's like yeah I've that's a good captured scene. that in my brain after just watching it you know on wednesday like a few days ago that i've i've captured that in my brain i could probably make one for you right now yeah you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's true and i do like like you know we obviously like Carl Casper's not a great father to his son and mm. rectifies that when he brings him on the road trip. And yeah. it's nice to like see him kind of work in his element, like in his good passing on like the skills to his son. Like when his son's just like, 
oh, I burnt it. Let's just serve it. And he just oh, goes yeah. on this little, bring, pulls him aside and he's like, look, I'm not a great dad and I'm not a great husband, but I'm a really good cook yeah. and we don't do that. <laughs> oh, and he's no, like, that was a good, that ah, was a good like, yeah. you know, the excellence in everything you do is like what makes a good chef. No, I really um, like that. It, like there's some good sort of father-son moments in that movie, I think. Mm. Um, and the sort of the, the buddy scenes where the, um, you know, where uh, John Guizamo's character is, you know, they're just kind of bantering a little bit and, you know, um, they, they sort of give him his first beer. <laughs> yeah, like that's good. I like that. That was funny. Great ass. moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> man, they do have, like, they have good chemistry, those two. Yeah. Like, yeah. You genuinely believe, like, they, they probably are good friends, but yeah, yeah. it's hard to get, like, a, you know, good chemistry. I think, um, and it's true, in kitchens, you know, it's, it is a bit like being at war, you know, and, and you, you're doing, when you're with someone in such a stressful situation, you get to know them on a very personal mm. level. And so that, you know, in kitchens, uh, cooks are very, cooks and chefs are very close and like they're, they're very broy, you know, they're buddies. Um, often there's like, <laughs> there's always someone you really hate <laughs> or you just really can't work with. But, yeah. you know, like often you just develop this sort of bond, this kinship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. I'm just trying to rack my brain. There's just so much good stuff. Obviously, like, there's the things that we cook tonight, which we'll talk about in just a second. But, like, there's the Cabano sandwiches. They're so yummy. Um, there's those two cooking montages where he's making, like, squid. He's making the pasta. He's making the the berry dessert. Um, I'm trying to think of what else there is. Well... Um, I'm like, yeah. surely there's more. There's the ribs. We talked about the ribs. Oh, the ribs. That's right. Um, yeah. um, and it's just like each, you know, each time they pulled up to a new place, you know, they, I mean, they, I think they used some of the ribs, the smoky ribs in one of the, in the Austin version of the. That's right. Yeah, they make an Austin yeah. version of the sandwich with the ribs. But I, I think do remember that, that about covers it, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, it covers it quite well. Because uh, there were a lot of food. It's a food movie. It is a um, food. It is ge- genuinely a food movie, mm. and like the food is, you know, does sort of play a role in the movie. Like he, you know, obviously the we, you know, we um, discovered Beth and I discovered that there was a chef, quite a good chef, that was hired uh, to. And we'll link it in the show notes, but he was hired to create all the menus. He was basically given creative freedom by mm. John Favreau. Wow. to just go nuts and make a menu that's going to fit the movie. That's so cool. And so, yeah. like, he just made this sort of kind of cliched, maybe a touch too overindulgent, overdone menu for the first part when he's in his that. creative rut. And yeah. then he's, you know, made these fun, fresh, vibrant dishes for as he kind of finds his creative flow again. Mm. And that's a really fun thing to do. But Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, yeah. and so it, it does... You know, you do see him sort of emerge from his little quagmire, like when he goes mm. home and cooks for himself again on his own time, because mm. that's what Dustin Hoffman says, be creative in your own time. Mm. He goes home and he stays at the restaurant and he creates and kicks himself out of the rut. And yeah. Yeah. Don't be don't be hungry when you watch this movie. Yeah. Or if you are hungry, like make sure you have food. Yeah, make sure you have something or like, in the fridge. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. like it's... It, it is you, you, you watch it and you basically like it can unknown. it makes you want to go to a restaurant uh-huh. and it, like order it really, a nice it really meal. does yeah um like a good a good seafood pasta or something yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah so then as you've probably already guessed we have 
Look, I in a film and food review, I normally only give you one recipe because that's a normal thing to do. But I went a bit all out. So based off, the, the actual chef who made these dishes has released his recipes online. Do you remember what his name was? I will look it up. Yeah, okay. So the chef's name is Roy Choi. Um, and he has on this website called Bake Space, he has basically all the recipes from oh, yeah, okay. from the movie there. So we have, and I've adapted them um, to sort of be our own flavor, but they're not too different. But we'll link that and we'll link the recipes to our own lava cake, our own pasta dish, our own berries and cream dish, and our own Cubano sandwich mm. recipes, which were all super delicious Very and super delicious. yummy. Yeah. Um, again, you find that in the show notes of this week's episode on social media, on our website. Can't miss it. Um, let us know how you went. Cook it. Make it. It is perfect for like a dinner party. So if you're going to like impress a bunch of guests, then make all four dishes. If you're not going to do that, well then don't go crazy because it's really hard that, to make all pasta, four dishes. Definitely. I'd say yeah. dinner party food right there. The yeah. past, yeah. So I would say like pick one of them at a time. It's mm. probably a smart way to do it. Um, but yeah, get cooking. You can always email email to us or share with us on social media. We'd love to see how you go. Now, we've talked about the recipes, but what did Jono and I think of my four recipes I created for the movie chef? Well, here is a compilation of our reactions and thoughts about all the dishes that we made from this movie. Moment, sit you record. All right, so I'm going to try and flip this lava cake. Oh, yeah, oh it's looking very... Okay. It's definitely, um, you know, a bit of liquid inside there. All right. All very right. hot. I put the berries on first. That was stupid. No, that's fine. We've got the berries here. Let's, I kind of right. want to bring the plate. Okay. Here we go. The hot thing is on the plate. <laughs> oh, look. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I've lost half. Of it. Close enough. No. Close enough. You can. I'll have the bad one. You have the good one. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, see how the second one turns out. Maybe you just have to leave it for a little bit because that is no! that is a good inside. No, that is a good inside. All right. Well, that's my one. Let me okay. let me have that one, and then. Alright. Maybe worries. should we wait for the second? It kind of worked. Kind of worked. So close. <laughs> Let's leave it. That's a bit. That's, that's a good. Enough photo. I know. That's Look, good. That's good. I'm not a restaurateur. That's. <laughs> it's a. It's a good. It's go. good. It's good. Yeah. Do it's, we want the cream on this one? Well, it tastes good, mm-hmm. but it's fair to say, just like in the movie, the presentation is really important. So, if mm-hmm. I serve this up to the food critic, what would he be doing? I think he'd be happy that there is a liquid interior and it's not hard. But if it looked like it did, though, if it looked like it did, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, <but you're> very <laughs> kind. It's, it's why you just gotta try. Not every time will be a. Mm. But when you work in a restaurant, you gotta do it right every time. You know, when you're a chef. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to make it perfect on TV. So we've got a Cubano. Got a Cubano in my hand right now. Half of a half. Um, it's got the carved por- uh, barbecue pork, was it? Yeah. And it's it's delicious. It's kind of like 
the carvings of a Christmas ham, um, nice and chunky. It's got a, a slice of Swiss cheese, um, the pickled dill right here, and mustard on both sides. And it looks like he slathered butter on both sides, like in the film. So I think this is pretty genuine. Um, taste? Taste is good because you've got like the veggie, like the kind of the tanginess of the dill. You've got the, like the nice barbecue flavor of the pork with the cheese. Like cheese is good with, with any, anything like this, any sandwich. But then the mustard is like a bit spicy, but it's not like chili spice. It's that kind of um, warm mustard spice. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was obviously cooked a while ago, so that's fine. You know, it's quite crunchy, but mm, does not disappoint. Pasta, I was very surprised by. It's nice and simple. We've got, so uh, we've got a, what was it? What's the, the tube like spaghetti called? I think it is literally called tubular. Tubular, spaghetti. tubular mm. spaghetti. Mm. Now, the first thing I noticed is that it's very simple and like a bit oily. But it's just, all it is, is oil, lemon, lemon drizzled on the top, lots of parsley, um, grated parmesan cheese. And there's something else in here. What is this? Garlic? Mm -hmm. Chunks of garlic. And there are so many different flavors. It just, it's such a, a warm... Yeah, a warm flavor. Um, very soul food. It's very good. I was really keen for this berry dessert. Mm. I think definitely, I don't know what I did, but maybe if I freeze the caramel next time, and I didn't, I just left it out mm -hmm. to cool, but it's when I crushed it, it stuck all together. Mm. So, but it's still yum. Just probably more crunchy than his one. Um, the berries are yum. Cream's yum. But apart from that, unless there's anything else from the movie you want to mm. unpack, I feel like we pretty comprehensively covered it. Yeah. No, I think uh, we've covered the main themes and the food. So Yeah. So, we've talked about our highlights. We've talked about our favorite film moments, our favorite food moment, the themes, the messages... We've dissected this movie to death and had a great conversation. We're going to wrap things up in a bow and we're going to give our compliments to the chef. Yeah. All right. Well, talking about ratings, I'm <laughs> going to ask you to do some ratings. Okay. So um, this is like a film and food review and we give a film rating and like a food rating. So both of us. Okay. So it kind of adds up to 40. So the film rating is like, the it's very hard to separate in this instance but mm. like the quality of the film like it's techniques and this acting and the screenplay and all the things that make it a film and then the rating of the food so like okay. quality quantity how it contributes to the movie as a whole out of 10 do you want me to go first okay you go first um then i can give you some time to think great okay so chef i think as a film i'm gonna give it uh, seven, okay. seven, seven out of ten. I'm like, it's, it's not. Uh, 
it's not going to blow anyone away with its themes. It's not necessarily original, but it is well competently made. It has great soundtrack. It has really good pacing. It's really enjoyable, really wholesome. And there is definitely much need for those type of movies in today's world. It's not very Mm. often you get just a very good, wholesome, feel-good movie that's done well. So, yeah, seven. I feel like I may be giving it too much there, but I'm going to stick with a seven in the spirit of being a good critic. Um, (laughs) I'll give it a seven. Seven's, I think seven's fair. And then for for the food... So we got we had four dishes there. Yeah, well, for the food in the movie, the oh, food, the in, food the movie. in the movie. Okay. So the food in the movie, uh, look, I've only given one ten before, and that was for Ratatouille. <laughs> and that and the only movie that got a ten was also Ratatouille. Mm. Um, that was the only per- both. That was perfect the only review. perfect reviewed movie we had, which I feel like it deserves it. Mm. It is a great movie. Um, I am going to give it a ten. Okay. I'm gonna give it a ten. You have to. You yeah, I don't. I don't know how it loses any marks. To be honest, mm. the food. There's so much of it. It's so well p- realized on screen. It's colorful. You, you want to eat it. Shows you the process of making it. Mm. Relates to the story. It's literally called Chef. So that gives me like seventeen out of twenty. So as a film and food movie, like honestly, you can't go wrong. Mm. Definite recommend from me. Mm. Awesome. Jono, you. Well, look, as a movie, um, I did express my, uh, I don't know, my, well, it weren't really gripes, but they were my um, my opinion on the, the fact that the, there was sort of lacking in uh, any sort of plot twist or yeah. significant story arc, even though you can find it in this movie. Um, I would say I would go for a, oh, look, I was tossing up, whether to go for a 6.5, which is probably the harshest. That's the lowest I'd go. Okay. Um, however, because it doesn't take itself too seriously, because it's not trying to be... It's not trying to be anything bigger than what it is. It's almost just like... It's just a really great sort of pet project that someone had that turned out really well. I yeah. No, I'm going to elevate that. my score to 7.5. Oh, wow. I'm going to give it a whole point nice. more. Nice. Now, I do feel like there were some things that could be improved with maybe the cast. No, I agree. Um, some I agree. of the acting. But yep. all in all, like I, I had a good time watching it. Um, I knew exactly what I was going to get. You know, it was chef. It was a chef. Yeah. It, you know, it, like, <laughs> I, you can't argue it's with true. that, you know. It's um, true. So I'm yep. going to go for the 7.5. Nice. Um, now, the food. Uh, look, I would... I mainly agree with you, I think, on the 10. Okay. Um, now, it's... It it's seems like look. It, it is probably a ten. Um, I could say maybe like a nine point five because I would like to see more food in the film. But honestly, I think there was enough food food in the film. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I see. I liked it. I, liked I see it. what you mean, but I I feel like for me personally, I have to give it a ten. All right. So if we, I'm I'm going to call it a ten. Okay. Nice. So if we add those all together using my math brain, that's two tens is twenty, and two sevens is fourteen and a point five. So that gives us. 34.5. That was, well... Wait. Yeah, no, true. 34, 34.5 out of 30, 40. 40. That's not bad. That's a really good, really, really, really good film and food movie. Nice. I recommend... Um, I don't really... 
know if there's too much more to say. Look, if you like films and food, this might be the movie for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Jono, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's so fun. I um, I really enjoyed it. And you're welcome back anytime. Oh, fantastic. Um, we, well, we have to have you back. And yeah, do you have any, any final words of wisdom oh, to leave look, us with? Um I don't know. I mean, you know, like this film taught us a lot about food. Uh, I think, you know, it's inspired me to go and try some more food. It's, it's made me hungry. So I go and try some more food, you know, go try different Amen. food, different types of food, you know. Amen. And cook it at home. Like Chris yeah. has so kindly and adeptly demonstrated in his own kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is a joy <laughs> of cooking at home. I do feel like it's funny. I'm pretty sure like every single movie that we've watched on this podcast that's related to food talks about criticism in uh, some way it's okay. all all like snobbery or like pretentiousness like you know around food and so yeah don't be a snob don't be arrogant like i feel like if you just be a lifelong learner just adopt the principle of being i'm going to keep learning keep creating keep having fun keep enjoying mm. you know you can always spice up your food life I feel like mm. is what I keep learning. Like, you know, it's not realistic to do it every night. You're not a restaurant. Like, that's fine. Yeah. You're going to have to do what you're going to do. But find those little days or Saturdays or times when you're going to, like, make something new. That's what I did for, like, a, a year when I first moved up to this area. I was living in a share house and it was one night a week that I cooked dinner and I just made my way through a cookbook mm. and I learned heaps by doing that. Well, you learn by, um, by practicing, you know, yeah, yeah. by trying and, new things. Yeah. And it was a good way to do it. And so, yeah, whatever it is, maybe it's not food, but maybe your career or the thing, you, the passions you enjoy doing, keep doing them. Don't tear other people down unnecessarily but if you're a critic i guess you can do that if that's your job then keep doing that <laughs> yeah keep other people accountable yeah. no. chef is a feel-good wholesome movie that will leave you smiling and your tummy rumbling as the credits roll so a total of 34.5 out of 40 for this movie means it's a certified excellent film and food movie and one that we can just highly recommend for you to pop in and watch basically at any time well, that about does it for this week's episode, a film and food review of the 2014 film Chef. We still have so much great content lined up for you in the coming episodes. I want to say thank you again to Jono for coming on this episode and sharing his vast knowledge and wisdom and giving us so many great stories and just being a wonderful co-host on this week's episode and we will be sure to have him back on this episode. So if you want to know more about Jono, if you want to read some of the things that he mentioned in some of his writings for SBS and um, get in touch with him and follow what he's doing, well, I'm going to link his SBS articles, link his, link his Instagram um, so that you can read up on him and hear and read all the great work that he's been doing on the internet. So they're going to all be in the show notes and on social media. So make sure you follow him. We're definitely going to have him back on the podcast. So thank you again, Jono. If you want to support this podcast, why don't you have coffee with us? We are on a website called Coffee where you can donate the price of a coffee to our podcast to support us. This is a website that supports artists by allowing people to donate the price of a coffee to support their work. 
And this is a podcast that is completely free and always will be for you to listen to. So do not feel pressured at all. But if you are willing to part with the price of a coffee to help us keep on running, to help us pay for equipment, our subscriptions to all the different things we need to keep this episode going, ingredients for recipes, all that kind of thing, feel free to shout us a coffee and you can find all the details on how to do that in this week's show notes or on our website or social media pages. Thank you to everyone who has supported us on there already. If you enjoyed this podcast, can I ask you a favor? Can you leave a five-star rating and review on your website of choice or preferably Apple Podcasts? We're a brand new podcast and your review and rating helps us get into the earbuds of people who want to listen to our podcast. It helps us get the word out there and reach people who need to hear our podcast. So we super appreciate those who have already left reviews and five-star ratings for us. And thank you for considering to do that. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, iHeartRadio, TuneIn and SoundCloud. Make sure you email us. The address is fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. That's fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. And join us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Film and Food Podcast. Let us know what you thought of Chef. What did you think of the recipe? Send us pictures. Let us know how you went. Give us film recommendations. We love getting fan recommendations for our films. So if you want your favorite film and food movie to be on our podcast, well then get in touch with us. You can give us support and feedback. The most important thing is to join the conversation. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening.